You're listening to One Bright Star's Life After Loss, a podcast that's focused on the lifelong journey of life after loss, with your hosts, Erica Fisher and Alicia Moore. One Bright Star's Life After Loss podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Burkholz and Associates. And now, One Bright Star's Life After Loss podcast. Hello and welcome to One Bright Star's Life After Loss podcast. I'm Erica Fisher, Executive Director with One Bright Star. And Alicia Moore, President of One Bright Star. And today we have our friend Patty with us. Hi, Patty. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad you reached out to us. And we realize that August 8th is a very special day to you. Can you tell us about that? Yep. August 8th of 2014, I lost my son Alex to an accidental drug overdose. So in about 11 days, we will celebrate seven years without him. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. That's... It's interesting when you say that you will celebrate um, Mm -hmm. because you honor and recognize him and he's always with you. And so you celebrate him that day. Absolutely. And you said you have some information. Um, You you speak to a group? I do. Okay. Yeah. um, We've been doing it for the last couple of years, but because of COVID, we haven't been able to do it. But it's, um, it's called Know the Truth and it's a Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Okay. So we get up and different people tell their stories. Well, let's hear your story. Okay. Here goes. Well, hello. My name is Patty All. I'm here because on August 8th, 2014, I lost my son Alex to an accidental drug overdose. That drug was fentanyl. But before I get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about my son because he is more than a statistic that you read in the newspaper or hear on the news. Alex was born on September 4th, 1992. He came into this world at a healthy 9 pounds and 12 ounces. His delivery into the world was the easiest of my three children. As a toddler, he maintained an easygoing personality with his gentle nature and sweet smile. As he grew, he not only grew in the physical sense, but his easygoing nature turned into a bright, caring, much-loved individual. He had a unique sense of humor that not everyone understood, but his friends thought he was hilarious. (laughs) He had a big heart, not only for the people around him, but also for animals, as was especially evident as he rescued two dogs that were being neglected and were chained up in a basement. These two dogs, Max and Rascal, lived with us for seven years. He took care of stray cats at work, all the other pets we had, including a goldfish and a hamster. In fact, the goldfish lived in his bedroom and lived way longer than any other goldfish I've ever known, (laughs) which I think only happened because of Alex's big heart and concern. In high school, he was a student much like many of you, where he was involved in a variety of extracurricular activities. He was part of the Cougar broadcast team. He was on the yearbook staff. He did hockey stats. He played football and he wrestled. He loved school, maybe not so much for the academics, although he was a good student, but but for what he gained from being a part of all the things he was involved in. He was the type of kid that could walk into the cafeteria and sit with any group that was there. He looked out for his friends and took care of them when they needed someone to help them. By any standards, it appeared that he had everything going for him. After he graduated from high school, it felt as though there was a shift in his demeanor. He was lost and unsure of what he wanted to do next, not unlike a lot of young adults at that age. It started with smoking cigarettes, and after we found out he was smoking, we lectured him on how his grandma had died from lung cancer, and his grandpa was living with COPD and has since died. 
The cigarette smoking led into the marijuana, which then eventually led into the fentanyl. I can say with certainty that Alex did not understand the dangers of fentanyl, which many of us didn't at that time. His altered behavior from using fentanyl appeared with the same characteristics as depression and anxiety, which we knew he had. So a week and a half before his death, I made an appointment for him to see a doctor to deal with the anxiety that I thought he was experiencing. He went to that appointment, and the doctor prescribed him some anti-anxiety medication. I picked up the prescription myself and made sure he was taking it every day, all along thinking that this was going to be the answer to his problems. Little did I know my world was about to change in a way that I never imagined. On August 7th, he went out with a friend. He returned home about midnight, and his dad, Barry, was awake, getting a drink of water, and waved to him through the window to say goodnight. The next morning, his alarm was going off, but he wasn't turning it off. Barry went to check on him and came running back upstairs, stating he couldn't wake Alex. Barry had called 911. As I ran down to the kitchen, the phone was on the counter. I picked it up, and on the other end was the 911 dispatcher instructing us on how to do CPR. As Barry was doing CPR, at one point I thought I heard Alex coughing. I realized later it was just my mind actually wishing it was true. It is actually quite astonishing what a mind will do to protect you from the shock of something like this. It was too late. Our beautiful Alex had already left this world. The harsh and true facts of his dying are not that he went to sleep and died peacefully. The facts are that he most likely suffered when the body begins to shut down, the lungs begin to fill with fluid, and you basically drown from the inside out. It's not something I want to think about, but it is the heartbreaking reality of what happened. When the EMTs and police officers came to the house, they informed us there was nothing they could do. Our son was gone. Never again would we see his twinkling eyes and his beautiful smile. Never again would I hear him speak. Never again would I be able to put my arms around him and give him a hug. Never. My son chose to take fentanyl, but he, he did not intend to die. He wanted to live. The majority of people who overdose on prescription or illegal drugs do not want to die. This can happen to anyone. It can happen to you. It can happen to your friends or to your loved ones. It does not discriminate. You hear on the news about celebrities dying of overdoses or kids from other areas, and you never think that it could happen to you, but it can. It does, and it did. The coroner came to take his body. It is not a sight you would ever imagine to see in your lifetime. They put my son in that bag and zipped it up. They carried him up the steps that he himself had run up and down just hours before. My husband Barry and I just looked at each other in disbelief. Not a word was spoken. Marriage is for better or worse, but we never imagined the worst to be this bad. We had just joined a club that no parent wants to be a part of. They took his body to the hospital morgue. An autopsy was performed. They brought him to the mortuary where we were able to see him for the first time. The funeral director prepared us for what we would be see, what would we, we would see by explaining to us that we could touch him, but that we may feel stitches and see the scars where they opened his head and his body cavity for the autopsy. I walked to the doorway of that room and I basically fell to my knees and I could not walk across that room to see him. He was laying there looking as though he was sleeping, stubble still on his cheeks, but so very peaceful. 
A few days later, we had his visitation at the church where he was baptized and confirmed. You could tell how loved he was by the number of people that came to see us. He was dressed in a USA hockey jersey that he had worn many times. He looked very handsome, like always. The next day was his funeral. That morning, as we were getting ready, I remember thinking, why do we even care how we look? We are going to our son's funeral. It was a day that was meant to remember our son, but we didn't want to remember him like this. We wanted him here with us making more memories. Since his death, we have learned so much more about the drug and the many, many others like it and what they can do to a person if they're not used in the capacity that they are prescribed for. But there is still so much more educating that needs to be done. We think prescription means safety, but that is not always the case if they are used outside of a doctor's care. We loved our son and would have done anything for him, but in the end we could not save him. If there is one thing I would like to take away from this, it would be using a quote that Alex got from his grandmother and that he put on a tattoo on his leg. She always told him, everyone has a choice. And that's what he had put on. Every day we are faced with choices that can determine our own lives or others. And ironically, it was one bad choice that took Alex from us. I'd like to finish with this quote. These diseases, both alcoholism and addiction, much like bipolar or depression, and different illnesses are still not seen as real diseases. People shy away from seeking help because it's viewed as being somewhat morally off the path, that they've lost their way. We, as a society, need to change this. These diseases are killing our friends and our loved ones on a daily. Thank you. Wow, Patty. That was yes. very, very moving and touching and... My eyes are sweating. Wow. And Patty, you, you've you shared this with other, um, you go to the schools mm -hmm. and you share this. That's really powerful. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially when you go to Mankato East and yeah. you share it and you talk about the um, extracurriculars that he was on at Mankato East. And so it doesn't just happen to the celebrities or people that you read about in the cities. It happens here at home. Correct. And... Um, that really has to resonate um, with so many parents and hopefully those kids out there too. Mm -hmm. And you touch on mental health and Absolutely. and that is uh, such a big component that everyone is trying Agreed. to it is. you know focus on right now. So with that, and it's amazing that you are doing this in honor of Alex, how has um, how have your other children been able to cope? with the loss of their brother? Boy, um, we all cope in our own way. Right. Yes. Um, this week, my daughter's been very, very touchy and just very, and she told me right out it's because of what's coming up. So we all have our ways of, of dealing with it. Our oldest son, he deals with it in, in a whole different way. He doesn't really like come to us and let us know, but I know that he you know, thinks about it. And for me, I just get very, very like sensitive to everything mm -hmm. around yes. me. Like I'll just be like fine one day, and then the next day I'm just like I don't want anybody to talk to me, or if they say something, I'm just gonna go off. So it's it just it you know reacts every differently with all of us. We all have our own way of coping. Mm -hmm. yes. But as a family, we've tried to stay together and. 
I know I've never really told this to anybody else, but my husband and I do. Um, we have been having um, marital issues for the last probably three years. And you always hear about people, when something like this happens to them, that their family breaks up. And we are determined to not have that happen. That's awesome because that... Good for you. Any Anytime you have something straining or stressful happening in your family, it can cause major stress in your marriage. Yes. And the fact that you pointed that out, and both of you agreed to make it a goal to fight through this. That's that's right. a beautiful and amazing. And you're not only doing it for yourselves, you're doing it for Alex too. Absolutely. And the rest of your yes. family. Absolutely. Yeah. I commend you for being so open. Um, that's that's what's so important is that mm-hmm. we talk about this. It's not easy, but every day right. you get up and you keep trying and you keep moving Absolutely. forward. I mean, there are days when I just don't want to get out of bed, but I do it every day for him because from day one, I've always said the love that I have for my son far outweighs the grief. Yes. It I love just, that. It, it just does. Yes. And so I get up every day and I do things that I wouldn't normally do because I hear him telling me, you can do it, mm-hmm. Mom, and... That's that he's proud of me. That's so. great. Kind of like his tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. is. Have a choice. Very true. Everyone has a choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Patty, tell us about how you celebrate his day. Boy, every year for the for the first three years we had like um, we had like a thing in the park where we had a karaoke and and we all sang and we you know had stories about him and all that kind of stuff. But as the years go on. We sort of just every every year it's something different. It's it's like about it's like how we are feeling at that time. Okay, is what we will do. And okay. we have our grandchildren this weekend, and they they talk about him all the time. Do they? To, That's yeah, great. Absolutely. That's great. I like, so, yeah, I like that you incorporate that or include them. Absolutely, and they know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're smart. They they will ask us questions, and they they remember him, and then, so. That's great. What do they remember about Uncle Alex? What did they remember? Oh, um, that he was funny. Like to talk about it. Okay, that's great. And and Caden always loved to watch Spider-Man with him, so he'd go okay. in his room and watch Spider-Man. And he took pictures with him all the time, and I know he loved I know he loved them. So That's great. That's a, Yes. They have very good memories of him. That's good. And that's those good. are precious, and that's, yes, it's wonderful that your family is close, mm-hmm. that the kids have memories of their uncle. Absolutely. And that you talk about him all the time. We do. Yes. We do. That's yeah, really And they bring great. him up all the time, so I'm glad. Yeah. Well, and, and that's good because there's oftentimes um, families, they, you know, you don't talk about it, it's not there. Right, exactly. Right. And it might feel easier at the time, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it's it's probably therapeutic to get that out. I know oh, it absolutely is. Um, my husband is not a talker. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. He's like it's fine, you know. Right, but right. me, I need to talk about things. So, um, talking about them is healing to me. Absolutely, so, I mean, and so that's all Barry is as well. My husband, he's very you know. He doesn't like to talk about things, but he does things in his own way that I see that he's trying to honor him. And, you know, and I'm like you, I like to, I like to get it out and I like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, yes. but like everyone deals with it in a different way. But right. in the end, we all just know it's because we've loved, we love him so much. Right. We There's, miss him. That's, and that's great. There's no right or wrong way of no, grieving. And, absolutely not. But in the end, you come together. I love that. Yep. Too. Yeah. That's yes. really good. 
I do have one thing I just want to ask you quickly, Patty, yeah. or just maybe kind of um, commend you and compliment you because you are so open and this had to be a very difficult um, death for people to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And um, it, what were some of the um, things that maybe you dealt with at first because Alex died of an overdose, right. an accidental overdose? Um, what would be that message that you would give parents? The message is, it doesn't matter how you died. It just matters that, you know, you were gone now. And for for his, like, he was not, he was not a, um, I mean, he would be like the last person I would ever think that would have even done anything like this. Yes, okay. He was, he was just a very, very sweet person. But it doesn't matter how you die or the manner in which you die. You know, it, it the grief isn't any different. Yes. So, and I'm, I mean, I want to get out there, you know, that what happened, I don't want people to, you know, in their heads think, well, this is, you know, maybe he did this or that. Because I've done that myself. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've made judgments of people, and I will never, and I said this, I will never, ever do that again. Because you don't know what With people their- are going through when it doesn't matter how they died. Right. You're absolutely right. Thank you. You are an amazing person to have that strength and to get out there and do this in honor of Alex. And um, it's your hope that other people will understand that message. And we can't pass judgment. We just need to be able to try to help people. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly the message we need to get across. And I, the effect your message had on me, Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the effect it has on young kids who probably think they know everything right oh, now, you know? And I mean, I think about my children and how you try to guide them. And yep. I would, I, my kids are, will be listening to this episode for sure, because I got, I got goosebumps right. and the tears were there. So yeah. it, it's definitely a message that needs to be heard. It absolutely does. Because at, at that age, they don't think anything you know, anything could happen to them. They don't. They don't think about death and, you know, or, or the consequences of things that they do. I mean, we That's were all right. at that. We were all that age, and yes. we've all done that. So we were all invincible at one point in time. Yep. Yep. I thought we were. Yes. But exactly. Right. And I just want to say that um, the love, like I said, the love that I have for him will always outweigh the grief. At a point in my life, I felt very guilty, and I know my husband did this, the same thing. Like, what did we do wrong? And we know we were good parents, but you always think in the back of your mind, what could I have done differently? But I, I believe there is a plan for all of us, and that was the plan that he wasn't going to be on this earth as long mm-hmm. as he should have. So Right. And that's beautiful that you know that and you accept that mm-hmm. and that's your outlook on that that's pretty amazing patty thank you yes well the day's coming up do you have anything planned on august 8th um we will just wing it um we usually try to go and eat something that he used to like to eat we'll go to a place like the football field at east sometimes we go there and just sit um there's just a lot of different things that we do we talk about them all day that's great that's wonderful yeah well, we will do everything um, 
One Bright Star will do everything that we can to honor and remember Alex as well. And we'd love to have you back here. I would share, love to. share more. Maybe Barry can come too. So. Yes. Yeah. So That would be great. All right, Patty. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, until next time, One Bright Star is Life After Loss podcast. Thanks for listening to One Bright Star's Life After Loss podcast. Life After Loss is a copyrighted production of One Bright Star. One Bright Star's Life After Loss podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Burkholz and Associates. For more information on the lifelong journey after losing a loved one, please visit our website at onebrightstar.org.